0: Very familiar passage. It's one of the books that I've taught for many, many years in Bible study methods and and this is what's so amazing about the Word of God. It never changes, but it can fit any context or situation that you're dealing with. In life, if you read it correctly and you handle it hermeneutically correct, exegetically correct, you will realize how powerful a book it is. The Bible is a powerful book, y'all. The only way that we're going to change is if we apply it to our lives. You can't just hear the word, you have to apply the word. The book of James is a how-to manual. If you want to know how to live as a Christian, under pressure, in a society where there is prejudice and pain and suffering because of the color of your skin, your status in life, it addresses all of that. So today I want to begin. I want to start here in James chapter 1, James chapter 1, actually. Amen. James chapter 1, verses 1 to verse 4. James, a bondservant of our Lord and Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad, greeting. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be complete and lacking in nothing. I want to talk about this morning enduring injustice. Enduring in injustice. Amen. How to endure. Amen. I am by no means a social activist. And I'm by no means trying to change a system that has been broken since the fall of man. This issue of race did not begin here in America. It began at the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. What I'm setting out to do in this series is to shed light from God's word for the believer, for the believer to know how we must respond to the injustice and the mistreatment of people of color in America. As a black man in America, I am at high risk. I am at high risk to, for COVID-19 because of all of the underlining issues that I have In my life. Medically. I am at risk. As a black man. Walking the streets. Here in America. 25 years ago. When I landed on these shores. I was greeted with. Racism. Talked about asked why I do or how or what color does black people bleed. And I have experienced racism firsthand. I grew up in Boston at a time when racism still existed, being the only black student in the school. And on top of that, with an accent, and I dressed differently when I came to this country. So I know firsthand, and maybe that's why I haven't spoken on the issue, because I have dealt with the issue personally myself, and I have released my oppressors. I realized that America is the land of opportunity. I came to that conclusion that if you want something, you can get it but you got to be careful that you don't fall victim to those who oppress you. In other words, you overcome. And how I overcame, I placed my faith, my life in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how I was able to forgive those who abused me called me all kinds of names, and and even I've had brutality in the sense of uh, at the hands of police officers in Boston. So I know what we're facing today. In 1991 is when it all began. Rodney King was violently beaten and it was caught on tape are you with me that was the start and it still continues today 22 years later Sean Bell New York 2006 Oscar Grant San Francisco 2009 Trayvon Martin Sanford, Florida, 2012. Mike Brown, Ferguson, Missouri, 2014. Eric Gardner, New York, 2014. Sam Du Bois, 2015, Cincinnati. Philandro Castillo, 2016, Minnesota. Jordan Evans, Texas, 15 years old, 2017. Emantic, Fitzgerald Bradford, Jr., 2018, Alabama, and in 2020, George Floyd. Yes, the numbers tell the story. The witness of the church to a watching world has many doubting that peace and forgiveness will change anything. Yes, many are angry. Why? Because the numbers don't lie. There's a movement out here in the world that believes that there's no God and there's no justice. Secular ethics condemns Christian teaching and practices of forgiveness. It appears to them that we ignore, deny, condemn the victim. By forgiving the wicked. And this is an erroneous view of Christianity. And it's a view, and it's view on injustice. The world is not convinced that Jesus is Lord. So they don't care about forgiveness and peace. How we represent Christ to the world is important. But the one thing you have to remember before you pick up a march or before you go to fight this injustice, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, but the natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. Let me read it in English for you. But the man who isn't a Christian can't understand and can't accept these thoughts from God, which the Holy Spirit teaches us. They sound foolish to him because only those who have the Holy Spirit within them can understand what the Holy Spirit means. Can I ask you a question? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? So many are angry. And it looks like change will never come. But does the Bible address this issue? The answer is yes. Come go with me. As we discover how to endure injustice while living as exiles in this country. Listen to this. James writes this book in a very hot climate. If you look at it, it says James. Now, this James is the brother of Jesus. James, the brother of Jesus. James, who did not believe in Jesus until Jesus was resurrected. Can you imagine He lived in the same house as Jesus. Can you imagine that he walked with Jesus? He grew up with Jesus. And when Jesus made his ministry public at 30 years old, his brothers did not believe him until he died. Death of a mother. Death of someone. Sometimes in death we are remembered. Remembered. More than we were when we were alive, you see, God chose James for a time like what that they were living in. He says, James, a bond servant of God, now watch this, the relationship between James and Jesus changed. He says James a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, see it. Notice, he made Jesus his Lord now. <laughs> can I tell you something? The only way that we can fight injustice is if Jesus is Lord of our lives. And here's the thing. He says, James, a bond servant. You know what the word bond servant means? Slave. See, we're all enslaved to something. And, and, and watch this. What he's saying is, Amen. I am sold out for God. Saints, if your faith is superficial, you will never make it through injustice. You will never understand the system. You will forever and we will forever be marching for something that we will never win. But when Jesus is Lord of your life, when you are wrapped up, chained up, tangled up. That's what he said. He says, James, a bondservant of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says he made God his, he's a slave to God, but Jesus is his Lord. May I ask you a question? Who is your Lord? Look what he says. Look what he says. He says in verse 1, he says, to the 12 tribes, tribes, we all belong to a tribe, by the way. Tribes in the in the Bible are people groups, and and he was talking to Jewish believers, Amen. Watch this. He was talking to Jewish believers who were scattered from Jerusalem. Stephen had been martyred, first martyred in the church, stoned to death. Come on, this stuff has been going brutality. Been going on a long time, y'all. Let me tell you when brutality started. Let me me tell you when injustice started. Right after the garden, you have Cain and Abel. You have two brothers. One who brought his best gift to God. One who threw a donation at God. And because of jealousy and envy and strife, he kills, he murders his brother. That's when it started. Are you your brother's keeper? That's what he says to God. Am I my brother's keeper? You know what he was saying? That ain't my responsibility. But God already knew that he had killed. Listen, we we died a long time ago. We died in the garden. Man died at the garden. Don't you see it? We're passing through this earth. And thank God between the beginning and the end, we met Jesus somewhere in the middle. Do I have somebody? Watch this. Watch where I'm going with this. Depravity is what the real problem is. Sin is what the real problem is. So these these people, these Jewish believers, now remember, for a Jew to believe in Jesus was a big sin, right? It's like you sold out your race. But let me, let, me, let me give you some facts. The same brutality that people of color have experienced in this country is the same brutality that Jews have been experiencing for over 400 years. Longer than that. From 430 years in Egypt to 40 years in the wilderness, and then you fast forward all the way to Hitler. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Hitler who took Jewish people and, oh, don't think you're the first one to be in the ghetto, and, and they put them in what's called ghettos and they blocked them in there and they didn't feed them they didn't give them no food they rationed out the food to them and to the point where they had dead bodies stacked up on the sidewalks listen man's heart is what the problem is this is this this, this may be a color thing but it's a heart thing are you with me now i know i know that some of you may not agree with my views and that's all right because I'm talking to the believer. That's what's up. Amen. Black people have been slavery in this country four hundred years. Then was promised uh, forty acres and one mule to work the land and never got it. Bamboozled, hoodwinked. But yet we rose. Come on and help me somebody. So don't tell me we've been oppressed all this time. We may have been oppressed, but we own houses. We own airplanes. We own businesses. We own, some of us own half a city. So yes, I believe that it is tough being black in America. But I believe it's tougher being a Christian in America. Let me tell you why. Because that's the answer. And so just like these Christians, they were scattered. They were scattered. The Bible says to the 12 tribes who were scattered abroad, watch this, or dispersed abroad greetings. Watch this. Let me tell you what Nero was doing. Let me tell you what happened. Nero had burnt down Rome. He wanted a new he wanted a new building. He wanted a renovation. He wanted a new construction deal. You know what you know what he did? He burnt down Rome and then he blamed the Christian. I'm trying to set the context here. Watch this. Stay with me. He burnt down Rome, blamed the Christians, and from there Christians have been suffering. Watch this. At nighttime, he would stand on his terrace and his garden was about 20 miles long and it would be dark out there. You know what he did? He took Christians and tied them up on a stick, on a a pole, pour oil or gasoline, equivalent to gasoline on them, and lit them up so that his whole garden will be lit up at night. And we've been suffering. See, you think you've suffered. But you got to know the whole story. Here are people who are dying for what they believed. Are you with me? They're suffering. They, they can't gather together to pray. They, they, they are constantly on the run. They're constantly moving around. They're exiles in their own country. Sounds familiar? James uses this time. To teach them how to endure. Listen to this. Today we can be angry and we can let rage fill our hearts to the point that we retaliate, but that's not the way God sees this. So He gives us a formula. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to give you this disclaimer. I'm speaking to believers. Non-believers that are watching and those who are sick and tired. Jesus can take that hate and cause you to live for a cause bigger than this. The gospel is what you need. Look at this. Verse one, verse two says, now, now this is very interesting. Because right now, nobody's talking about joy. The interruption of joy means there's something else going on. The absence of joy. And right now, we don't have no joy in this country. We, we, we We don't have no joy. But we can have joy. Because watch this. First thing he says, he says, consider it all joy, my brother. Now that word consider means to lead, to go before, to be chief, to be a leader. See, what we're doing is we're caving in and we're giving in, believers, to the pressure of the world. So, if I would say, "How do we endure this?" First thing is, by thinking biblically, a biblical mind will never break under pressure. We cannot brethren of the same womb, allow our minds to be sabotaged by Injustice so that the Word of God takes a back seat in your life. Are you with me? So we do this by thinking biblically. We use the Word of God as the sword to cut out any doubt. We have to go and we have to meditate on the Word of God, but we have to think biblically. And if we're not seeing it through the lens of scripture, then we will find no hope in this hopeless situation. Think biblically. Lord, give me the mind. I have the mind of Christ. Let me see this the way Jesus. Jesus who was hanging on the cross, who couldn't breathe. Jesus who was beaten. (laughs) Come on, somebody tortured, and then caused to carry his cross. He was doing that for you. He was dying for us. Why would he die for us so that you can have everlasting life? So because God already knew that it started in the garden and man's heart until it changes, watch this, he will never change. We can sign legislative bills, we can get training, but until the heart of man has been transformed, we will never see change in America. Never. The next thing he says, he said, consider it all joy. When you encounter various trials, that word means to to fall in the midst of something. Amen. To be totally surrounded by it. Man, listen, when I came to this country, man, I was shocked. Appalled. I said to myself, man, is this for real? Told my wife this morning. My English teacher said, Black people don't go to college. So you don't go to college. Go get you a job. No offense, you know, I don't mean no harm. I'm just saying, colored people, then she changed to colored people. Colored people don't go to college. What a motivator. But what they didn't realize is what they did to me, it made me better. I wasn't even saved. See, it's either going to make you or break you. But but if you think biblically, it's not going to break you. It's going to make you better. What you do to me, you do to Christ. See? See? So so he says, when you encounter this stuff, when you fall, when you are surrounded by multicolored trials, and especially injustice, police brutality, racism, and classism, listen, James says, When you encounter this stuff, second thing you got to do is this. By what? By taking control of your emotions and your heart. James says, don't lose your mind. Think like a leader. Think biblically. Be chief over your thoughts. James is saying, don't lose it. Don't let them see you lose it. Come on, man. As a believer, as a believer, don't let them see you lose it when you fall into this stuff. Look what he says next. He says, knowing that the testing of your faith, knowing that now this test is for genuineness. You know what's happening right now? With COVID-19 and racism and police brutality. You know what's happening? To the believer, I'm talking to the believer. Our faith is being tested. The natural man don't understand what I'm saying right now. I'm talking to you believers. Your faith, listen, you've already proven how weak you are. Come on now. Your commitment to God and all that. Has been showed up. Matter of fact, you've been called out. Amen. Because you hadn't showed up to church one time. Come on now. You read when you want to now. Oh Lord. So the things that you're dealing with. It's a testing of your faith. But watch this. The third thing you got to do. What's the thing? Got to take control of your what? Emotions. And your heart. Take control. But the third thing you got to do is this. Taking hold of your faith. God is testing. Never give up in your faith. For a cause that will weaken your faith. That cause will cause you to leave the church. Pick up this black power stuff. And. This, this 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 Black Lives Matter stuff and, and go out and, and start doing some things that you never thought you could do because you you feel so violated. You weren't doing nothing before that. Oh, don't get me started on that now. See, you have an opportunity. We have an opportunity. It's a trap of the enemy to get us upset and we stop believing God. Watch this. Because of... The injustice. My skin is my sin. But I ain't going to let them get me. My skin may cause me to be tested. But I'm going to pass this test. I'm going to pass this test. This testing is to prove that you belong to a different class. As a matter of fact, we are in a class all by ourselves. We left black a long time ago when we gave our lives to Jesus. You can't change what they're doing, but you can witness to them. The next thing he says, the testing of our faith does what? Produces what? endurance. How long, oh God? Let me tell you about David. David had the same sentiments, you know. David had the same song. He said, how long, oh God? How long? How long, God? How long shall injustice reign? Psalm 73, he said, listen, man, man, I'm about to leave this church thing alone. There's no birth. There's no hurt in their pain they fat they overweight they live in good they live in large and it seems like I've been stepped on all my life but he says until I came oh I feel my help right there to to the sanctuary of God he says then I perceive their end guess what guess what here's what God is doing you ready you ready here's what's happening to you right now so what's what, what did I say last what's the point Testing of your faith, but here's the next thing: transformation. True faith never gets tired; it transforms. True faith. So you know, you know these 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 activists out here saying Jesus was Horace and he wasn't this and Jesus wasn't real. Let me tell you something: he's real. Oh, he's real. And if you keep playing with him, he'll show you. He'll show you how real he really is. You see, because I was there too. See, 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 here's the thing. You could pick up a black cause and leave the best cause. Hello, somebody. You can leave Jesus behind. And let me tell you something. Without Jesus, let's, I used to think like you too. Amen, I had that black movement power mind, you know what I mean? I started reading W.D. Du Bois. I started reading From Plantation to Ghetto which are good reads. You should read it. Amen, yeah, uh uh-huh, make you want to holler, all that kind of stuff. I knew that guy. He was in prison there in in Newport News, Virginia. Amen, all these things. I got into the black consciousness, but my heart was still black, dirty. I looked good in the outside, but inside I was a whitewashed tomb. But when I came to Jesus, He ain't no white man God, He's God. And He ain't black either. Uh oh. He sure ain't. He's God. As a matter of fact, let me give you His lineage He's Jewish. So don't come telling me Jesus is black. He's not. He's Jewish. And he's not Jewish black. If you come from a Jewish family, come on, y'all. You're Jewish. But he's God. And here's the thing. Your transformation. Listen, black people, I want to tell you something. Black Christian people, let me tell you something. There's a transformation going on right now in your faith. That's why I needed to talk about this. God is transforming our faith. And maybe if a few of us were to stand together on Friday night in this parking lot here and start praying together rather than talking about let's go march down to city hall. I don't want to pray at city hall. He says when I came into the sanctuary, I don't want to pray at city hall. I want to pray right here where the water flows, where the spirit rests, where the glory of God rests upon us, and we can love those who hate us. Oh, I wish I had somebody. We can smile when they hit one cheek. We give them the other. If they ask for your shirt, give them your coat. Come on, somebody. Oh, yeah. Do good to those who do bad to you. He said, what credit is it if I love those who love me? The true measure of your love, I'm in another sermon, the true measure of our love is can we love those who hate us? Oh. Let me do a record scratch right quick. Can you love Trump? <laughs> can we forgive those police officers that's sitting in a prison cell right now? Can we ex- God's love to them because their hearts are dark. Got to be. But the only way to change them is to convert them. Oh, I wish I had somebody. The only way to change racism in America is to go out, believers, and share the good news of Jesus Christ and if they don't receive you shake the dust off go to the next city and we go to the next city and we go to the next city and we start sharing the gospel. We got to bust through these walls and we got to take it outside and we got to go witness. I'm scared even to go witness to my neighbor across the street because they're white. Because I'm thinking about how I'm going to be received, Lord, deliver me from that. deliver me from the sin of silence america America can change if America goes back to her foundation, we took prayer out of school, we took God out the courtrooms. Come on, somebody, we're not praying anymore. We're not living for God. Watch out for those traps. Last thing he says in verse 4. He says, let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be what? Mature. And what? See, mature people don't go burning stuff down. Mature people don't walk around with a chip on their shoulder." He says you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You ready for my last point? You sure? What'd I say? Think biblically. Taking control. Taking hold of your faith. Transformation. But lastly, that you may be complete. Lacking in nothing. Last point. By what? By what? By what? And not losing what? He said that you may be complete, perfect, lacking what? Nothing. This is not for the unbeliever. It's for us. I'm going to tell you the truth. I ain't tired. I'm far from tired. I'm far from tired because I'm trusting God. God, when God is done with you, you can love those who hate you. You can pray for those who. See, here's the thing if you can't do it, it means you're not mature, you still got some lack. So that means you need to tighten up on your trust game. You need to tighten up on your trust game. I love being black. I wouldn't want to be no other color. Amen. I would not want to be any other color than what I am. But I'm a black Christian. That's what I am. And the one thing about Christianity It crosses the color line. And it cleans hearts that are dark. Saints, if we're going to endure, this is what we got to do. This is what we got to do. We got to think biblically. We got to take control of our emotions. Stop letting them unbelievers cause you and CNN and ABC and NBC, especially Fox News. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, Whatever news you watch, okay? Stop letting them things cause you to get all worked up. You went and got your dashiki and stuff, man. Come on, man. Just chill, man. (laughs) Seriously, you know, black power, you know, you went and got your, listen, you went and got your pick and all. You know, Come on, man. Come on, man. Listen. Listen, listen, let me tell you, let me say, let me say. After I had enough of being called nigger, spook, uh, monkey, dog, oh, yeah, I got it all written in my book. After I got tired of it, I rose up and I fought back. You know where it got me? It got me in, locked up. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, it, it got me isolated. And then I realized, no, nah, that ain't how you do it, so I had to figure this out. So I started to study. Here's what I did. I started to educate myself on blackness. Knowledge is power. And then I realized how much black people. I was fighting a fight that I knew nothing about, but I had to understand the fight. And when I did that, that's when I started walking around, you know, with the medallions and the, you know, I had the afro and all that kind of stuff. But that wasn't changing me. I was segregating myself. Listen to me now. For a cause. That I realized that the only way we can win this cause is through Christ. I thank God because I was radical, man. I thank God. Those of you know me, yeah, I was real radical. Seriously, I was straight up radical. But I thank God that He kept me alive because I did some stuff. I'm not. I'm ashamed. Of what I did. now, And I'm talking about. you. you when hate was in my heart. For white people. Or oh, I did some stuff. But when Jesus took that hate out. And I learned how to love everybody. I can go to any neighborhood. I can talk to anybody. I don't care. Color means nothing to me. I look at. Character. I look at. Is this person. A believer, my goal is to win their souls to Christ. What the world needs is the gospel, the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's my story, and I'm sticking with it.